Jesus. We praise you, Lord. Tonight we come into your sanctuary with grateful hearts. Hallelujah. We submit ourselves, we surrender ourselves tonight to your agenda, Lord God. Holy Spirit, we have shown up in this place. Hallelujah. Expecting that you will show up here tonight. Lord, we ask you to move here. We ask you to touch us. We ask you to let us uh, not leave this place the same as we came in. Father God, I pray that you would bless us and keep us, that you would anoint this service. I pray, Father God, that you would accept and receive our worship today, that it might be a, a sweet-smelling savor to your nostrils and a joyous sound to your ears, Lord God. I ask you, Father God, that your anointing would be upon the speaker tonight. Hallelujah. That your Holy Spirit would empower her to speak truth to our hearts, Lord God that would bring forth change and fruits of repentance. I pray, Father God, your anointing upon this service. Lord, I pray that you would not allow us to utter one single word that will be contrary to your will and your purpose tonight, but to help us, Lord God, to know your will and to flow in what you want to do. In Jesus' mighty name we pray, amen and amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, praise the Lord, hallelujah. Welcome, 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 CCF, hallelujah. God bless you all and those that are, are watching in social media. I ask that you would just open up your hearts right now and just worship the Lord along with us. Just put aside every distraction and just come before him as you are. Because he wants to hear your praises. Amen. And as we do, let's, isn't God just awesome and isn't he great? Hallelujah. You give life. You are love, you bring light to the darkness, you give hope, you restore every heart that is broken. Bring light to the darkness. You 
just pouring out our praise, oh God. Lord, look at your people, my Lord. I pray, my God, that you will receive their praises, oh Lord. That your praises, oh Lord, will be like an incense, oh God, upon your throne, oh Lord. And Lord, here we are today in your presence, oh God. Lord, in your presence, there's fullness of joy, Lord. <laughs> in your presence, oh Lord, hallelujah, we are undone, oh God. In your presence, oh Lord, hallelujah. And we find strength, oh Lord. We find hope, oh Lord. We find, Lord, Father God, hallelujah, of refreshing in our souls, oh God. In your presence, oh Lord, hallelujah. We worship you, Jesus.
You can worship the Lord, amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. If he's been good to you, just worship him, amen. This I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he, is, as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. As it is written, he has dispersed abroad, he has given to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. Now may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food, supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. Amen to God's word. Father, we just thank you for your word, God. We thank you, God for the power of your word, Lord. We just bless your name today, God. We're so grateful tonight, God, to be here another night, God, to praise and worship your holy name. Father, we ask, O oh God, that you would touch the hearts of man, O oh God, not just here, God, but also online, God, that, Father, we would give, O oh God, as cheerful givers, O oh God, not under compulsion, but doing it because we love you, God. Father, we ask that you would touch hearts today, Lord, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Father, that we would do it, O oh God, because of our holy reverence, O oh God, and that we love you, God, and we want to advance your kingdom, Lord. Father, we just say thank you. We ask that you will bless the tithes and offerings tonight, God, that you would multiply, God, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, God, and that, Father, that those who it gets in their hands, Lord, that you would give them wisdom on what to do with the finances, Lord. 
and we just say thank you tonight, God. We say thank you and we give you and you alone all the glory, God, all the honor and all the praise in the name that's above every name, King Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 How many believe that we are going to see a victory? Amen. Amen. And amen. Hallelujah. Weapon may be formed, but it won't prosper. When the darkness falls, it won't prevail. But the God I serve knows only how to triumph. My God will never fail. Oh, my God will never
yeah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord, church. Man. You know, I have a little revelation for you. We're going to be here all night. And you guys sound real tired. Already. Praise the Lord, church. I said, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Lord, you are good and your mercy endureth forever. Hallelujah. Glory to God in the highest. Jesus, my Jesus, is worthy to be praised. Are you guys glad to be in the house of the Lord on Friday night? Praise the living God. Glory to God. I am very happy to be here tonight. For those of you who are watching at home, God bless you. We are glad that you have tuned in. We pray that tonight the Holy Spirit will minister to you in your homes just as effectively and powerfully as he ministers to us here in this building. Glory to God. Tonight uh, is a very special night for several reasons. We're actually going to be here all night praying. Um, if you at some point decide you want to come down and experience some Holy Ghost fire, leave your home and come to church. We will be here till 10 tomorrow morning. Yes. Starts at 10, ends at 10, and then the Holy Ghost begins. Then he takes over and acts upon what we pray. Glory to God. So, are you guys ready? Welcome to another episode of Friday Night Live. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I'm so glad we finally made it to another Friday. We have an incredible speaker here tonight who is a precious and dear and wonderful sister who is a, an incredible inspiration for the women of this church. And uh, uh, we are really just blessed that of all the churches in New York City, she is here. Glory to God. Glory to God. Um, I believe that God is going to move powerfully through her tonight. I believe that she is going to deliver the mail. Hallelujah. Straight from heaven, direct to your heart. Would you please uh, stand and welcome my precious and amazing sister minister, Brenda Medina. Glory to God. Good evening, good night, good morning, because I'm going to be here all night with you guys, right? Hallelujah. I'm excited to see what God is going to do tonight. When Elder asked me to preach and he gave me the message, I'm going to sit down. You guys can have a seat. I'm going to sit down today. It's going to be a short message. Or is it? <laughs> ah, Yeah. Um, I started to look for a verse because I was thinking about maturing in Christ and what does it mean to me and in this season of my life God has been speaking to me about me 
And he always takes me back to the same scripture, which is not tonight's scripture, but I'm going to give you that scripture anyway. That's Psalms 139.16, which says, Your eyes saw my substance, being yet unformed, and in your book they all were written, the days fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them. And that scripture has always jumped out at me because it helped me realize that my situations, my problems, the things that I face today, they existed way before I did. And that when God created me, he created me as an answer to that. So every time I'm tempted to become frustrated or afraid or, or just wanting to give up, I have to remember that the answer is within me. Because when God created me, he created me as an answer to that problem. So I want you guys to keep that in mind as we tackle today's scripture. It's found in 2 Peter 1, 5 through 9. And it reads as follows. So don't lose a minute in building on what you've been given. Complementing your basic faith with good character, spiritual understanding, alert discipline, passionate patience, reverent wonder, warm friendliness, and generous love. Each dimension fitting into and developing the others. With these qualities active and growing in your lives, no grass will grow under your feet, no day will pass without its reward as you mature in your experience of our Master Jesus. Without these qualities, you can't see what's right before you, oblivious that your old sinful nature has been wiped off the books. So today, I want to talk about the things that help us bring out the you, the me, that God called us to be. Because the you that you are today isn't always the you that God created you to be, right? And I wanted to see how I was going to unpack this. I want to Paul, I never, ever, ever have a title for my messages, right? Paul Julio, he's always like, so what's the title? I don't know. Today I have one. And it jumped out at me before, you know, anything else. Like, um, the title is Becoming Who I Am. Unlocking the me that's hidden within. And the premise is that we come into this world and what, the, what we should be doing is developing into the best version of who we are. So when we think about maturing in Christ, it's, it's a developing word, right? It's a process word. And usually process words are not fun because it means that it's going to cost us something, that it's, gonna, you know, it's not going to be easy. And when we come to Christ, we realize that, right, that Walking this thing out is not easy, but it's not impossible. And the good thing is that some of the things that we're supposed to or that we need in order to work to walk this thing out, we start learning very early in life. In the scripture, it says that, first of all, it says, That's the Message Bible, and I wanted to use the Message Bible because it was a little more simpler, and I wanted this to be like a very basic message. I didn't want it to be complicated. I, so um, I, I, I chose to use the Message 
Bible. Um, it starts off by saying that so that we don't lose a minute in building on what we've been given. So the premise is that you've already been given something. You're not coming empty. And it says that you complement your basic faith. So what's basic faith? And the great thing about this thing is that we all start in the same place, right? Because basic is just basic. And when we came to the saving knowledge of who Christ was, we came to the knowledge that we couldn't do it on our own and that we needed a savior, right? And for those of us who don't know who Christ is, we've, if we're listening on today, there's something within us that wants to know what this is all about. What does it mean to serve God? And the basic knowledge is, is okay, there's a creator, and he created us. And what does that mean for me? How do I... How do I grow in this thing? How, does, how, do, how can it impact me? The first thing that they say is, is that with the basic faith, you add good character. Now, participation, guys. I, I need your help on this. What's, what's good character for you? When you think about character, what do you think about character? I'll give you one, integrity. What else? Loyalty? Absolutely. Loyalty is so important. I'll give you a couple others since you guys are still sleeping. Honesty. Yes. Honesty is so important. Trust. Kindness. Compassion. Gratitude. Fortitude, which is courage and pain and adversity. It's, these are all things that we teach our children, right? These are the things that when we first have children, in order for them to become outstanding citizens, these are the things that we give to them. And when we come to saving knowledge in Christ is, I, I wonder, right? Because I wanted to take this and I wanted to, to shine the light within. Do we walk in those character traits for ourselves? You may, be, you may show integrity to others, but are you showing yourself integrity? Do you keep your word to yourself? Are you honest to yourself? Do you tell yourself the truth even when it hurts? Or do you hide behind a lie? Um... Are you compassionate with yourself? Because I don't know about you, but I, I know that I'm the roughest on myself, rougher than I am on anybody else. I am on myself. I hold myself to a higher degree. And although that may not be bad at times, other times it is, because I can beat myself pretty bad. I can beat myself up pretty bad. The Bible says, this particular verse, 2 Peter 1, 5 through 9 says that in order for me to grow in maturity, I have to sharpen my character. And, not, and that's not only in relationship with people. Again, that's in relationship with you. How do you treat yourself? And that takes you to your inner thoughts, right? 
Because out here you say one thing, but in here you function a different way. Last week, as we as Liz was preaching, and right after Liz finished, Elder picked up the phone and I felt like he was all over my message. So I had to switch it up a little. But he was talking about you and the importance of you, of who you are at the core. And the thing is, is that sometimes we don't know who we are. But if we can look through character, if we can use the characters that we were taught, and we can start to, start to look at ourselves, then you'll get a better glance of who God called you to be, of the real you, not the you that you, you pretend to be, not the you that people want you to be, but the you that God has created you to be. The next discipline was spiritual understanding. And spiritual understanding is important because it's not what you say. It's what, and it's not how many verses you know and how many verses you memorize. It's how much you understand it. When I came to Christ, I came to Christ through a, through a youth, uh, G12 group, a woman's life group. And it was so important for me, and, and I'm, I'm grateful that I came in through a life group because not only was I taught the word of God, but I was taught how to implement it into my day-to-day, how to walk it out, how to flesh it out. And that's important, right? Because you could say whatever you want to say, but if you don't have the clear-cut understanding on how to make it happen in your own life, you know nothing. It, it loses value. Not only do you need to know how to flesh it out, you got to be able to know how to explain it to somebody else. And a lot of us lose out because we come into church and, and we're hearing the word of God and we're memorizing it. We know it word for word, but it never reaches our hearts. We don't know it. We don't know how to implement it into our lives. We don't know how to flesh it out. We don't know how to walk it. And when times get hard because we don't know how to walk it out, we, we fall short, right? We, we give in to what the world says. Because when times get hard, you go back to what's comfortable. And if your comfort is not found in Christ, then you're going to go back and do things the way that you used to do it when you were out in the world. Meddling? Hallelujah, hallelujah. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. The next discipline is alert discipline. It's restraint. Alert discipline means that I don't get to do whatever I want to do, whenever I want to do, however I want to do, right? The world says that that's strength. People think that because you can say whatever comes, if it comes in through your head, it can come out your mouth. And that's okay. But the reality is, is if you look at your life, that's not really real. When you go to work, if you said everything that you really wanted to say, would you have a job tomorrow? At home, if you don't own your own home, if you rent, if you went in and you treated that apartment the way that you really felt like you wanted to treat it sometimes, and you did whatever you want, whenever you want, would you have a home? Would your neighbors really like you? 
Because there's times that I'm just not in the mood. I really don't want to, you know, deal with anyone, right? So I got an attitude. And I want to listen to loud music. And truth be told, sometimes it's 12 o'clock in the night when I want to listen to this loud music, right? And if I really live my life doing whatever I want it, whenever I want it, however I want it, would that be real? How much more so when you come to the saving knowledge of who Christ is? We have a Holy Spirit that lives within us and grieves when we do things that are contrary to his will. And I think about restraint and I realize how much the restraint is for me, right? Because sometimes the things I want to do are not good for me. They're not going to help me grow. And chances is when I wake up tomorrow, I'm going to regret it. Because after I really sit down and think about it, and I get over however it is that I'm feeling, sometimes I realize that I was wrong. And that the feelings were just, you know, just that, feelings, right? Now, going back to the scripture, it was spiritual understanding, alert discipline, passionate patience. Now, passionate patience is an oxymoron for me because passion is strong. When you're passionate about something, it's something that you can't control. It's an emotion. You think about when you go to a sports arena and you have um, fans that are passionate, right? They can't stay in their seats. They're loud. They make noise. And then you think about patient. And patience is very serene and calm. The definition of patience is the capacity to accept or tolerate delay, trouble, or, soft or suffering without being angry or upset. So when I look at passionate patience, I think like, wow, those are two words that are completely different. How do you put them together? And I'm going to tell you how I put them together. Passionate patience means that I become passionate about the journey, right? Because my journey is not always fun. My journey is not always exciting. But if I become excited about the journey, then I can hold on, and it gives me the strength to wait until tomorrow. We were at a retreat this weekend, Liz, right? And one of the things they were talking about was the difference between happiness and joy. And happiness is contingent upon your situation, right? Happiness is from moment to moment. I can be happy one moment, and I can be upset the next. But joy, joy is something that happens deep within. Joy is regardless of what's happening in my life, I can have joy. The Bible says that the joy of the Lord is my strength. So when I think about passionate patience, I think about joy. How joy, in spite of 
whatever is happening in my life, I can be joy. I can, be, I can have patience. I can be passionate about my patience, right? Regardless of what's happening. Regardless how, when things aren't going the way that I want them to go. Or they're not coming as fast as I want them to come. I can be passionate about it. Reverent wonder was the next one. And I looked up the word reverent, and reverent meant a person who has returned. This was the definition. A person who has returned, especially supposedly from the dead. That's what it said in the dictionary. But I found it interesting. And wonder, we all know that wonder is, is just in awe. And I found it interesting that the Bible would use that word, reverent wonder. And I started to think, like, what does that mean for us? And not for nothing, each one of us is a miracle. And the fact that we woke up this morning is a miracle, right? Like, we are breathing, living miracles. And if we began to see the wonder in our day-to-day, I mean, really see the wonder. Because, again, you woke up this morning, but not everybody did. And if you think about it, you probably got up on a, you probably woke up and found yourself in bed, right? A comfortable bed. Not everybody has a bed. And then you went into the bathroom with running water. That's not something you have to have either. That's something you get to have. And then, if you're like me, after you took a shower and you got dressed, you put clothes on, right? And you have a lot of those. You open up your closet and you have a lot of clothes in your closet, but not everybody has that. And then you open the door to walk outside. You have a door. You have a roof over your head. And a lot of us jump in a car, right? And that's not something that most people have. So when I look to see, and then you go to your job, which we, people complain about their jobs, but a lot of people don't have jobs either. And it's kind of like, God is asking the miracle to see the miracle in their day-to-day. You being the miracle, God wants you to open your eyes to see the miracle that you experience. And if we lived our lives seeing the true miracles that we experience, we'd live different. We would truly be grateful And we wouldn't take it for granted the way that we do. The points that I've been bringing so far, what it is is that these things are the things that shape you. They're the things that create you and mold you into becoming the you that you're supposed to be, the you that God called you to be. Not the mundane you, not the you that has gotten lost in your day-to-day. Not the you that's complaining about everything, that's mad at the world because things don't go the way that you think they should. But the you that God created you to be. 
the you that, that God made so that you could go out and you could set the world on fire. He created you. You are the word. You are a word. Jesus is the word, right? He is the word made flesh. But when he created you, he sent a word in you. But we take that word and we weigh it down with the cares of this world. Because we don't understand, because we don't know. Because we've never really asked, what is it that God really wants to do in me? I think sometimes the mundane wears us down because we become frustrated because we don't understand the miracle that you are. If you understood what God saw when he saw you, we wouldn't live life the way that we live. We would take advantage of every moment. We'd be excited because we would understand that God, when he sends you out on the mor every morning, it's because there's somebody that needs to hear what he's placed deep within you. There's somebody that needs to see, that needs to know what your testimony is. And a lot of us ain't talking about what God did for us, where God delivered us from, where God brought us out of, where he found us, right? Because we say, oh, we found Jesus, but the reality was that he didn't find, we didn't find him, he found us. We were lost in the muck, bogged down by by our own cares, by our own desires, by our own hurts, by our own pains. So we weren't looking for him. And there's something to be said when the word that God places within you comes alive, when he breathes on it. And in, first, in 2 Peter 1, 5 through 9, he's giving us the tools how to bring that to life, how not to just go through life just, you know, complaining about what we don't have, but about seeing it for what it really is. You are a miracle. You defy the odds by just getting up in the morning. You get to change the narrative of your story. And you get to decide whether you want to live same old, same old, or you want to do something different. Do you truly want to live in the today that God has called you to live in? Because our God is not a boring God. He's a God of adventure. And when he created you, he created you as the story, as and, and hear me out, because I don't want you to take it the wrong way, but the hero to your story. You with him, when Jesus is with you, you are more than a conqueror, which means that you're able to conquer the things that are holding you back, the things that are, are keeping you worried and, 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 and making you sick. God created you to walk on water, to walk over those things. And yet we drown in cups of water.
warm friendliness and generous love. Now, we, we talk about love and a lot of times the first thing we say is, how do you love the unlovable? We have to learn how to love those that, um, that we don't particularly like. But the truth is, is that we don't even know how to love well those that we love. And the reason for it is because we love them the way that we want to be loved, not the way that they need to be loved. And that's interesting because a lot of times we're running around, right, and we're looking at life through our own shades. And because we're, we need something, we just automatically assume that other people need the same thing that they want the same thing, that they expect to receive things the same way that you want them. And that's not always true. Honestly, it's not true most of the time. And this week, last week, I, I had a moment. And you know, and I'm struggling up here, and, and I gotta be transparent, because it's the only way I'm gonna shed light on that lying devil. The last time that I preached, um, I was struggling for words, which is where I find myself today. And, and, and I couldn't get the words. And, and, and when I left here, I left here feeling really beat down, like, oh my God. And, and I, I need you guys to understand something. The reason why it's a problem, because speaking is what I do. I've always been able to speak. And as of late, I find myself struggling to talk. And that's unheard of for me. Like, why is it that I can't, you know, put two words together? That's, that's difficult for me. And, you know, and, and as much as I say I'm not a teacher, I, I'm recognizing that I am because I find myself constantly teaching somebody something. But as of late, I, I, you know, it's not working for me. And I was struggling. And, and you know, Elder came to me and was like, oh, you're preaching. And I was like, me, I was like, Elder, you don't want me to preach. Didn't you see what I did the last time I picked up that mic? You don't want me to preach. And he's like, nah, yeah, you're preaching. It's happening. Preparate. And, you know, and, and he sent me the topic, right? And I'm like, maturity in Christ. And I'm like, okay. So I kind of sat on it, and, and, you know, and I was complaining. Mind you, I forgot to tell you that when I left here, I went home, and I was talking to Nate. And um, I was telling Nate, I was like, Nate, because again, we're creatures of habit, right? So the minute that you feel uncomfortable, you want to go back to your comfort zone. So my comfort zone is doing something that I'm good at, right? And before I came to Christ, I was, I was an avid workout girl. Like, I worked out. I mean, you may not be able to tell now, but I was in shape back then. So I came up with this great idea, right? On my way home, I decided that I was going to just go back to working out. I wasn't preaching anymore. I wasn't teaching anymore because I wasn't good at it. So I just wasn't going to do it. And what I could do was, though, I go back to the gym, and I find a way to minister to the people in the gym. I wasn't saying that I was giving up on Christ. Absolutely not. Never going back. I mean, I, I love the Lord, and I know what he's done in my life. But for that moment, I was feeling so beat up that I was like, Nah, I could go to the gym. Uh, you know, while I'm lifting weights, I, I can minister to people. I can tell them about how Jesus loves them. And I was willing to sell out what God was doing in my life 
because it was uncomfortable. And a couple of days went by, and, you know, I kept putting off, I, I got to sit down and write this word, right? But I, I couldn't find it within myself. And then one of my sisters picked up the phone and called me, my sister Elaine. And I love her. I'm very prophetic. And um, she called me, and I, I don't even know if, she, if God had revealed to her why I was struggling, but she called me because I guess she felt like, she needed to call me. And then we just started having conversations. And I, I felt her like picking, like looking to see what it was. And finally, I don't know what she said. She said something that I, I explained to her exactly what just happened. And, and I don't even know why I told her the story. But my sister Elaine turned around and was like, the devil's a liar. And she started to talk to me about a time where during a woman's ministry, we were ministering, and, and something that I said that impacted her, and how God spoke to her so clearly. And she turned around and she told me, she says, listen, man, I don't care what that lying devil is telling you, but you need to preach. You need to pick up the mic. You need to. And I got to let you guys know that on my way over here, that writing this word, first of all, the way that God gave it to me and the way that it came out tonight, two completely different ways. But I was determined within myself that if this is what God called me to do, then this is what I'm going to do. And it doesn't matter how uncomfortable it makes me, and it doesn't matter how much I feel at a loss, I'm going to do what God asked me to do simply because he's asking me to do it. And while I don't know, or I may not have the full idea of who it is I am in Christ, well, of who he's called me to be. The full idea of the giftings and everything that's within me, because I can tell you what he's told me thus far, but I, you never get to see the finished picture. You see bits and pieces of it. And I pray that me coming up today is an inspiration for you, because the thing that you're called to do is not gonna be easy. It's not gonna come easy. The enemy's not going to sit back and allow you just to, to take the promised land, right? You're going to walk in and you're going to see the giants. And it's going to feel as if though you can't conquer it. But you got to decide within yourself that what God promised you is more important to you than what you see. The you that God has called you to be and getting to where God has asked you to be has to be more important than where you find yourself today. And regardless of how hard it is, and regardless of how much you have to fight, and regardless of how it makes you feel, decide that you're getting to the other side. Because God with you is a majority. And today, you also have to realize that you are your brother's keeper. And that as you go along this journey, there are people that are watching you. And you can decide to be fake and to cover it. Or you can decide that you're going to be real and you're going to allow people to see your scars. Because it's only in the scars that we grow. Because I'm sure today someone is saying, wow, if she can do that, then I can do that too. Is it comfortable? Absolutely not. 
Is this something that you want to do? Absolutely not. Tony was like, you ready? And I'm like, no, I'm not ready. And again, guys, you know, I, I struggle because speaking has never been difficult for me. And I tell you guys this often because if you tell my family, my family will tell you that I don't shut up. And they would say, like, why do you not stop? And I would say, because if I stop talking, I'm going to fall asleep. So I need to keep talking. But today, it's just so difficult for me to speak. I want to tell you something else about myself that I was supposed to include in the testimony that I didn't. And it was about the wonder. When um, I was about one years old, I fell. And I fell really bad. I, I fell in my walker. And I dislocated my hip from my... Um, from my hip socket, yeah. My leg from my hip socket. And I went to the hospital, and when I went to the hospital, they gave me a couple of stitches. Everybody got the scar, right? So they gave me a couple of stitches, and they sent me home. They said, oh, you're fine. And that was around the time that I was learning how to walk. And I went home, and my, you know, same old, same old. But my mom was noticing that I was struggling to walk. I wasn't walking the way that I normally walk. And she was watching, and as time went by, a couple of weeks went by, she noticed there was a problem. So she took me back to the hospital. And when she took me back to the hospital, I ended up going into emergency surgery because um, they had not realized that my leg was slowly coming out of my hip. And what they said was that I was never going to walk. And I tell the story because as I was studying and preparing for this work, God reminded me how when I see my family members, to me, I forgot the story, right? I don't tell the story often. But when I see my aunts and my uncles, they remember the story. They remember that doctors said that I would never walk. They remember the time I spent in the hospital. I have four surgeries. They put screws in. They took screws out. I have all kinds of scars. I see the scars every day, but they remember them. They remember that, according to the doctors, there was no hope for me. That was it. But God. God stepped into my situation, and he did the miraculous. And when they see me, they see a miracle. And I say that to say that people see you and they see the miracle. So it's time to start talking about what God has done in your life, about where God has brought you from, and about your struggles, right? Because we all struggle. We just don't always talk about the things we struggle about because sometimes we're embarrassed about them. I mean, honestly, we don't want people to know what our weaknesses are. But the reality is that our weaknesses are perfectly fashioned for us. When God created us, he knew what our weaknesses were. And yet he still said we were getting to the other side. Yet he still created you as a conqueror. He said that we are more than conquerors. And we get to decide today, which version of you are you going to be? Are you going to be the you that complains about everything, that's tired and frustrated and angry, and will never see your promised land? 
Are you going to be the version of you that's going to conquer, that's going to put one step in front of the other, regardless of how hard it is? Even if it means, as the Spanish saying says, that you ask one foot permission to move the other, but you get to the other side. But you get to walk in what God has called you to walk in. And there's freedom in that. There's freedom in finding out who you are. The devil wouldn't be fighting you so hard if it wasn't. As a parent, I don't know about you guys, but and I've heard so many parents say it. I wish my, my kids, when they came, they came down with a rule book, an instruction, an instruction manual. And then as we grow, we forget about that. And then we begin to judge people by our own experiences, by our own rulers. And it makes me wonder, like, where did the rule book come from? Where did the instruction manual come from? We come to the place where we start to count ourselves out. But how do you count yourself out if you didn't even know how long it was going to take you to get somewhere? You don't know how many times you're going to fail before you conquer whatever God has asked you to conquer. You don't know what it takes. And what happens if you quit right before you're able to step in, right before you're about to step into the promised land? You forfeit your inheritance. Are you willing to do that? Because I know I'm not. That's why I'm here today. Everything in me wanted me to say, nah, I'm not doing this. I'm not picking up that mic because I ain't got nothing to say. But that was that lying devil, right? That's not true. We all got something to say. We've all gone through some things. We've all experienced some things. We've all gone through hurts and pains. And that's what God wants us to talk about. Because God needs people to know that his arms are not too short. That he can reach you wherever you are. He needs you to know that he doesn't sleep and he doesn't slumber. That he's always watching over you. And most importantly, he wants you to know that the word that he spoke over your life, his words are yeah and amen. He's going to bring you to the other side regardless of what it looks like right now. Regardless how, of how dim and bleak your situations may seem. Because you have what it takes. You have everything you need to take hold of what God placed, what God gave you, your promised land. Because we don't serve that kind of God. God wouldn't call you to some place and then not give you the tools to reach it. And if you're listening to me online and you don't know who Christ is, this is a great opportunity for you. Because I'm telling you that the thing that you're striving for, the thing that you feel like you need on the inside, God is saying that you're able Regardless of how the world says that you can't, that you ain't got what it takes, God is saying that me with you, I'm a majority. And what he's saying is if you don't know who he is, 
Today's that day. The day for you to turn your situation around. The day for you to have a hope, to understand. The Bible says, I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. There is a future designed for you. There's something specifically for you. And you don't have to stop fighting, and you don't have to stop walking, and you don't have to give up until you take hold of that thing that God has for you. And you know when you know that you've taken hold of it? The day you wake up and you're no longer here. So as long as you're alive and breathing and kicking, God has something for you. So that is the end of my sermon. I want to give, oh wait, no. I want to give the opportunity for those that don't know who Christ is to make Jesus their Lord and Savior. Because the reality is, is that without him, life becomes so much harder. The Bible says that if you believe in your heart and you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you'll be saved. And if anything life has taught me is that I can't do it in my own strength. Life tries to teach me that I don't have what it takes. And thank God that I have a Savior that whispers in my ear that I do. That I have what it takes. That I'm important. That I have value. And that I'm able because I'm not doing it alone. So right now, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, repeat after me. Jesus, I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. Tonight I realized that I can't do it on my own. I don't want to do it in my own strength. I ask you to come into my life. Lead me that I'll follow. I need a Lord and Savior. And tonight I realize that it's you, Jesus. If you prayed that, you've been welcomed into the kingdom of heaven. You are a son and a daughter or a daughter of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You invited him into yourself, and he has stepped in. And your life is never going to be the same. Praise God. Praise God. Just like I thought, she brought a good word. Praise God. That was chock full of wisdom. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And to be honest with you, it did not sound like you were struggling for words at all. Yeah, okay. Watch the video later. It was beautiful. Glory to God.
You said something that was very powerful to me, and, and if it, with your permission, I'd like to reiterate just the idea that you had said that in our Christian walk sometimes we can know the Word of God, but because we've not allowed it to get into our hearts and never it, we're never capable of applying it. And I just thought that's so powerful because, you know, I, th- I think sometimes we treat the Word of God like uh, McDonald's. Right, McDonald's is fast food. The Word of God is not fast food. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I had mentioned that uh, you know the Bible, God refers refers to us as His sheep, right? And I had mentioned how sheep have several stomachs, and it goes, the the food that they eat go through several different chambers of stomachs. And uh, one of the things that we can use as a strategy in our in our life is meditation. Right? Meditation seems to be like this long-forgotten, bygone practice. But we need to meditate on the Word of God. Right? When we meditate on the Word of God, that's when the Holy Spirit has the opportunity to solidify what we know into our soul and into our spirit. And it becomes so embedded into our hearts that we can then apply what we know. Then we can pass what we know forward because we, it's, it's now a part of us. It's David said, I hide your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. It's the idea of getting the word of God written into the fleshly tablets of our heart. Glory to God. I thank you for that word. And then the, the idea that, you know, we really are tougher when, than we think we are. All right. First of all, we're from the Bronx. <laughs> all right. We're kind of a breed unto our own. Glory to God. We're tougher than we think. Right? We all have these experiences when we're kids, and we sometimes we suffer from PTSD all the way into our 50s and 60s. Things happen to us when we're kids, and we take that and make that the reality for the rest of our lives. Not realizing that we are much stronger, much wiser, much, much more capable of overcoming. Um, and we truly are more capable than we think we are. We're more resilient than we think we are. We're more powerful than we think we are. We're more able than we think we are sometimes. We just need to, we need to let the Word of God f- change our thinking and help us to recognize that we have His power upon us to do what we need to do. What a great word. And what a great uh, chapter and verse. Hallelujah. Can I read it one more time? I don't have the message Bible. I have New King James, but it's just so beautifully written. But, for, but also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue. To virtue, knowledge. To knowledge, self-control. To self-control, perseverance. To perseverance, godliness. To godliness, brotherly kindness. And to brotherly kindness, love. For if these things are yours and abound, you will neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted even unto blindness, blindness and has forgotten that he has cleansed that he was cleansed from his old sins 
if I can add verse 10, because I think this is kind of like a cleanup verse for that whole thing. He says, Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. It's a recipe for success. Really, man, please, please meditate on these verses this week. Meditate on them. Think about them. Chew it. You know, it's, it's, don't treat it like a McDonald's Happy Meal. Treat it like a, a five-course, $3,000 meal that you want to savor every bite. Let it get deep down into your soul. Let the, go back to this message on YouTube, on Facebook, and listen to it again because you're really just, that, that was really powerful, and I'm really grateful that we had the chance to hear from you tonight. And I very much look forward to hearing from you more. Can I get an amen? Do you agree? Glory to God. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And also, if you um, recited that prayer with Brenda online, uh, please let us know. Uh, send a message in the chat. Call the church office. Send the church office an email. Um, you can find all that information on calvaryny.org. Again, that's calvaryny.org. Let us know you're out there so that we can pray for you, so that we can send you something in the mail. Uh, we can even send you a Bible if you don't have one. Uh, just contact us in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Lord God, we thank you for this evening. We thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord God, for depositing Brenda, depositing in Brenda what we needed tonight. Help us to grab it and hold on to it. And meditate on what she said. Meditate on the verses she used, Lord God, so that we might get stronger. Hallelujah. So that we can, on the other end, look more like you, act more like you, sound more like you, and people will see you in us. Father God, so we praise you and we thank you for all that you've done this evening and for all that you're going to do. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. Buenas nachos, everybody. <laughs>